What's up, party people? Transcending Sport, Rob Cruz, episode number three, Brett Hoffman, Global Account Manager at Sprinkler Corporation. We're going to talk future of marketing, sports franchises and fan engagement, differentiating yourself on social, tips for breaking into the sports marketing world. Let's go. Welcome to the Transcending Sport Podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations, and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. Welcome to Transcending Sports. I'm your host, Rob Cruz. Our guest today is Brett Hoffman with Sprinkler. Brett is working with Sprinkler. He's going to tell us about what Sprinkler is, what kind of company they are, who they're, who they're working with, how they tie social media to brands and personalities and companies and corporations and sports figures and in the sports marketing world. For anybody who's interested in breaking into the sports marketing and media world with, with regards to branding, um, he's the guy. And without further ado, what's up, Brett? What's up, Rob? Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming on. So, Brett and I go way back, um, back to the days when he played baseball. I was his hitting coach. We've maintained our relationship. We worked together in various projects. Um, and me as a consultant coming in and working with him on some projects. And vice versa, him coming in as a consultant and working with me on some projects. Mostly with technology and, and branding of athletes and positioning athletes to be able to monetize themselves and get themselves out there and, and really take control of their personal brand. And um, I wanted you to, to, to tell the audience, Brett, um, what is Sprinkler? What, what, what is this company? What, what, what do you, what's going on over there? And what's your role in the, in what they have going on over there? Great question. Thanks for having me, man. Um, so, so in terms of what we do over at Sprinkler, I've been there for about two years. Um, what I do is I'm a global account manager with Sprinkler. So, I really focus, um, you know, consulting and understanding, you know, the common challenges that this disruptive world is facing for some of the world's largest brands like the New York Yankees, LG Electronics, Samsung, et cetera. Um, but really what Sprinkler does is if you, if you think about the evolution of technology and the rise of social media that we're living in currently, you know, customers um, of brands are now connected and empowered like they never have before. So for big enterprise companies and even organizations, that's a huge change. Um, so that's where Sprinkler comes in. What we do is we're the most complete social media management platform out there for the enterprise. So we help brands do marketing, advertising, social customer care, um, elevate sales, and even help their e-commerce across Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and 20 other plus channels globally, you're probably sitting there thinking like, oh, I thought there was Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Snapchat, but really there are about 21 plus channels, and those are growing by the months, not by the years anymore. Wow. Um, all on one unified platform. And and why that matters, you're probably sitting there wondering what's, what's kind of going on if you're not in the space, is you know when you deploy a, a platform that connects across the entire organization, and plug it into any of these brands' legacy customer-facing systems, like a, a CRM, which is a customer relationship management platform, like a Salesforce or others, or into your website. Or now you really have this unified system of engagement 
that the brand now allows to have between the customer and the brand. And you allow employees, you know, in organizations that have 10, 20, 40, 50,000 employees to collaborate in real time, you know, not taking days or weeks to answer customers uh, across their business units, across different markets and time zones, and, and really break down the problems that are in businesses, which is silos, right? And we believe that delivering, you know, humanized and intuitive experiences at every touch point to customers, you know, is the single most strategic investment that's going to happen in the modern day world. And, and one statistic before I put it back to you, Rob, is, you know, since 2001, 50% of the Fortune 500 companies that were listed on the S&P are now extinct. Another statistic says that by 2025, another 50% of the ones who are on that Fortune 500 now will also be extinct. So change is inevitable. Change is happening. And what I focus on is helping tie, you know, people, process, and then a technology that's going to support, you know, transformation for a brand. And that's kind of what I do, man. Cool. So... You know, I'm, I'm looking at this list of clients that I happen to know Sprinkler uh, is working with, and I'm looking at the Yankees, and I'm, I'm just sticking to sports: the Yankees, Nike, Cowboys, Madison Square Garden, New York Knicks. Um, okay, so I'm I'm a franchise, I'm a team, I'm the, you know, I'm the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, what can you do for me? that I don't know that I need. Like, why is that important? And I'm, and I'm already the Cowboys. Like, why do I need you? So, so t- help, help me, help me understand that. No, that's a good question, man. I, I think that, you know, in the last two to five years, you know, email used to be the hottest thing. Then search engine optimization was the hottest thing. And now social, obviously, as we all know, you pick up your Android, your iPhone, and, you know, your front screen's filled with Snapchat, Instagram, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and that's how we communicate. Um, so brands like the Cowboys understand that, you know, their bottom line is selling tickets, right? That's how they survive. That's how they make money and television rights and sell jerseys. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, you know, they make a great in-game experience. You come to a Cowboys game, you see, you know, Jerry Jones up in the booth, you see the big screen, you know, you get your popcorn, you got your Jason Witten jersey, your Tony Romo rest in peace on. And that makes it such a great experience for you, whether you're a kid, you're a father, or you're a teenager. But because people are so connected now, that experience can't just end when the fourth quarter whistle is blown. It's got to be an ongoing humanized engagement between the brand, which is the Cowboys, right, and their customers. So what we can do and what Sprinkler does for other organizations, and I'll use the Yankees as an example, is take customer data right across social media and allow them to ultimately engage and and keep that experience going with the fan to to upsell them and cross sell them for new games and new packages and and ultimately make, you know, people who are fans into brand advocates. And when you have brand advocates, as we know, you know, every single person on social media is connected to roughly the, I think the actual statistic globally is about 730 people. So if you take the number of people in seats there are at uh, the Cowboys Stadium and how many of those people are connected to their friends on social, you know, you're talking about selling out the entire stadium every single day 
the entire year. I think that Jerry Jones would be pretty happy with that. That's, that's, <laughs> the world is changing. This is too, this is happening too fast. <laughs> this is happening too fast. I'd love to I'd love to talk a little bit about what you know the struggle that these brands are in. If you're cool with that, yeah, go ahead, please. And and I think with, and it's funny. I'm, I'm gonna stop you real quick. I, there's a lot of people that I've worked with, um, particularly student athletes, who are are marketing majors. And a lot of right. times when you when you're in college and you're, and you're and you're taking a quote unquote marketing class, you don't get to hear or you don't get to talk to someone who's actually in the day to day grind, mm-hmm. on the edge of what's getting ready to happen. That's not in the college textbook. And that's why this is an important guest, people, because he's in the Brett is in the trenches. He, he's doing it currently. This is you can't get this out of a book that you're taking in a college class on marketing. This is what's really happening right now, and the things that are happening right now won't be in the textbook for that. That's going to be in the textbook in two years. So you're actually learning what already happened. You know, he, you know. So and this is why this is important. So go ahead, Brett. I'm sorry. No, it's interesting, and I think companies like Pearson and other, you know, education companies, they're they're struggle too because textbooks won't be won't be relevant in five years. They'll they'll want true. Your mobile phone has democratized the way that we consume information, and uh, so that kind of brings me to my next point. And ultimately, you know, for all the listeners joining, and I'll get into my background a little bit later because I didn't start in technology. I actually started from a sports uh, marketing and sort of sports performance uh, sector, but I am a millennial and, and having to understand the world's uh, brand's biggest problems every day allows you to, you know, get in the weeds day to day and know what's going on. And I think the biggest misconception that uh, the world has and consumers have, and even brands have is, you know, who the competition is, right? So going back to that sports model, you know, you have agencies like IMG, CAA, um, you know, IMG was also uh, purchased by William Morris Endeavor, and they represent, you know, thousands and thousands of athletes. And you got Rock Nation owned by, you know, Jay-Z. And I think, you know, listen, I'm in the day-to-day, but a guy like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he knows his shit. And, and he started his own, you know, uh, platform to, to help athletes. And, you know, arguably, I think that he has some junior people working with him, but ultimately the guy knows the in and out of the technology world. Now, the challenge for these brands who, who want to, advertise with all these big, you know, athletes and all these big, um, you know, sports teams and leagues like, like the Nikes, the Under Armour, the Bank of America, Citibank, AT&T, you name it, right? Is that they're ultimately looking at the competition and market share, but they don't realize the fundamental thing that's happened in the last five years is the digital competition has changed the entire game. So if I ask you right now, Rob, who do you think Nike's biggest competitors are? What would you say to me? I would say Under Armour. Under Armour, Reebok, right? Adidas. Adidas, yeah. Now, the fact is, they're they're arguably going after each other's market share, but you know, the new competitors are actually not them. The new competitors in the today's modern world and will be, I think, are six companies, and I'm going to explain why. I think Amazon. Uber, Facebook, Netflix, with Nike, were their biggest competitors. And, okay. and let me explain why, though. Mm-hmm. Those are five. I said six. Now, what Nike has done 
excuse me, what, what Amazon has done is given the consumer's choice. Choose whatever you want at whatever time you want, deliver to wherever you want. So I'm a consumer now. Well, why do I go to a Nike store? I can just go to Amazon and, and choose whatever I want. That's one aspect. Uber, what they've done is they've given visibility to the customer. They've said, all right, well, you should know when your ride's going to be here, who your driver is, where is he from, how well is he rated, because that's what you're entitled to. So now we as you know, uh, modern-day technology consumers and, and millennials, I want to know where exactly my Uber is, when he's going to be there, on time, et cetera. Right? So that's the second one. Facebook has given people relevance because you put some content out there. It's logged forever. And it can establish relevance for people. You know, we've seen, um, you know, especially on Instagram, people emerge and, and are becoming these IG supermodels and stuff and, you know, are getting paid millions of dollars. So it's established relevance. Netflix has personalized the way we as consumers, you know, absorb and consume content. And, and Google's giving you access, right? So these five companies who may not directly compete with Nike have changed the ways consumers expect to be treated by a brand hmm. and they disrupted the whole fucking market. It's out of control. So now <laughs> what is, what does Nike have to do? They're not worried. They shouldn't necessarily, obviously they have to be worried about the market share and about Reebok and Adidas and stuff like that, but they got to change their whole business model, their complexity, their scale to, a digitally connected world because you know their consumers are going to want choice they're going to want relevance they're going to want visibility to their orders you know what i'm seeing with a lot of my clients is you know typically if i order something on nike.com right i get a um i get an order number a hashtag and you know seven numbers it tells me when my order is going to be coming to my house and i can check ups or or you know whatever shipping service it would be now what they're doing across social media is they're having a direct chat bot or a human go on instant messenger, uh, Facebook messenger and directly connect you, um, you know, with a customer representative and tell you when your order is going to be there. And also because they have all this information about you, what you're interested in, they've connected your, your social media, uh, relevance to them. They understand that you might be ordering Rob Cruz, you know, a new pair of Nike freeze to, for, you know, an upcoming tough mutter you're doing. So they'll cross-sell you and upsell you in that process because they make you feel like you've been heard. Now, that's something magical that no one's ever done before. And a lot of these brands just don't understand that there's technology out there, like Sprinkler, who can help facilitate this and really you know, compete with the brands who have changed the way that consumers consume. So I just want to leave that little fun fact. Um, you know, When I tell a lot of the companies I speak with, you know, I always ask them, who are, who are your competitors? And I say, well, I arguably disagree. I would think that these five companies have changed the way that consumers now expect to be treated, and you have to adhere to that business model, or they're going to go with a competitor. So, so I happen to know this about you. And let me just ask you this. I, I, I know that you went and spoke at Baruch College to, to a, a class of um, up-and-coming students that are going to be entering into the market world, right? Mm -hmm. So what was your message? Give, give, me, give me three things you, could tell, you would tell a student athlete who is, or a student for that matter, not, not necessarily an athlete, who's looking to break into sports, looking to break into the sports world through media, through social, 
through marketing in the marketing world. Give me give me three things. Like what do they need to know? What if you if you if you were in school now, get ready to come out of college or getting ready to go into college and you want to be a marketing major, you're looking for an internship, you're looking for whatever, what do they need to know to give them to give them an edge? That's a very great question. I think a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I, I would I would have to say, you know, again, this is based on just research I've done in the market space. Um, I would ask them what they're feeling. Like, what are you feeling coming out of college? Whether you're an athlete or a student athlete, you're not going to go pro. Like, do you think it's a it's a very competitive world? And I'm sure they'll all say yes, and they're worried. Statistically speaking. By 2020, 70% of enterprise companies or companies out there, their workforce will be millennials. Now, sit on that fact for a second. The average CEO right now is, in, I think, 55, 60 years old or something like that. In the next 10 years, that is going to change because the workforce that's working for these brands and who are there every day understand Internet, have been growing up on email, growing up on mobile and social very well and have proliferated their, their skills and connected. So they're more valuable to an organization than ever. And I think if I could give them one you know piece of information or insight is go out and learn, go absorb information and, and make yourself valuable. You know, obviously from a branding perspective, have relevance on Facebook, on Instagram and, mm -hmm. and build a brand for yourself. Right. But also at the same time, trust and know that if you have the skills and you understand this space in terms of, you know, everything's going to be technology. Everything's going to be connected through technology and done through technology. So if you understand that, you already have, I think, an upper hand on others coming out. Now, now the big X factor in the variable, I think, though, is communication. And, and you work with student athletes more than, you know, more than I do and, and interact with them is the lack of communication because of, you know, mobile and because of technology has led kids to interact less, you know? So, so that, you know, typical person or who's in their forties or fifties now, who's a, you know, who's a salesperson or a client services, who's really good at being a people person, you know, there's always going to be a need for that. So I think that if people understand how to balance being a human, right. And having human conversations and being able to, you know, interact on a business sense with people, but also understand how technology has disrupted, um, you know, the overall economy. I, I think that they're very much going to be an asset to any organization. Does that, does that make sense? Makes sense. And, and you said something interesting, but you said something about, uh, you mentioned about the communication mm. and how they're communicating less. Right. And some people will say that, they may be communicating more. They're just communicating differently because of I, because of technology. I, so, what do you say to that? Because you, you know you know where I'm going with that. I, I think listen. In the end, it's a seesaw effect. Eventually, something's going to have to tip back. You know, you know. I don't think even some of the retail companies I work with, clients of mine. Um, you know, they, they're going with a whole chatbot um, sort of a strategy. Or even if you go to your bank, you know, there's a chat window that pops up and says, hey, how can, how can I help you? And we all know that's not a human, right? So at some point, <laughs> there's going to be a pushback. I think there's going to be a pushback when, 
people want human experiences, right? And and yes, I think they're they're communicating more, but I think we're also losing, you know. And by no means am I, uh, you know, a scientist or anything like that. Uh, I did study, you know, exercise science, but I think we're losing a part of our brain that really, you know, allows human beings to communicate in terms of how we've communicated our entire existence and evolution. Mm-hmm. And for that to go immediately to fingertips and digital, you know, that's just, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's going to be some sort of, you know, kickback. Uh, I just don't know when or how. And I think argue, I would, I would actually argue differently that yes, they're communicating potentially more, but they're also consume. We're also consuming more. We're consuming more as, as human beings than we ever have ever. I mean, if you look at like, you know, the evolution of, of people in the human brain, right? Once people learned how to communicate, there was a massive spike in evolution and then it kind of falls off. And now we've, <laughs> we've made so many advances in the last like 25 years that I, I think, and I hate to say this again, I'm going to go on record saying I'm not a scientist or whatsoever, but I think that we could potentially be getting dumber as uh and more self-dependent as human beings i actually agree with that <laughs> i mean being a, being a, that i work with athletes and i work with athletes and I, i'm seeing the deterioration of of, 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 the, of the the ability to focus mm-hmm. especially for long periods of time and i think it has a lot to do with um the the demands of social and the demands of the technology that make everything so short for attention spans so we don't even People can't even sit still and watch a full movie anymore. Correct. Like you know, everything is really short and quick. And and even with if if a video was more than two minutes, okay, I watch half of it. I'll fast forward to the end of it. Like it's two minutes. You don't have two minutes to sit still and watch a movie. So it's it's, it's, it's I totally agree with that. And I think that's something that you know you're going to start seeing things change. Things are going to be changing. And I love the way you say that, man. Because back to my point, you know, those five companies I talked about they're kind of culprits into why people can't concentrate. You know, I can go, I can watch something about an infomercial about a product or I can research something or I can just go to Amazon real quick and read the reviews and see what people say is the best one and just buy that one click and it's automatically an enter at my door in the next day. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, having an attention span and it's ultimately, I hate to say it, it's not their fault. It's, no, just, it's, just, it's just what it is. It's over. We're over consuming as as species, but we don't know how to control it. Mm. And I think that there has to be at some point a pushback uh, of of how to control how much we're consuming and what we're consuming, because ultimately now it's very hard to decipher between facts and fiction. You know, especially you know, look at media companies nowadays. You know, you go on social media because it's an, an open, democratized platform. Anyone can say anything. And if a certain piece of content goes viral and it's not true, there's no fact checking. It's not like Wikipedia. It just, you know, there's there's platforms uh, or excuse me, there's uh, websites like The Onion and others that will put out fake news. And that's one of the biggest challenges Facebook, on, at least, you know, reading about them is seeing is there's too much fake news going on there on these platforms. And people are just consuming at a massive rate and that's what they're used to. And it becomes habitual. Is the website, as we know it, is web is is the is our websites done? Because I think most people like if, if I'm looking up a company, 
I'm not even going to really go to their website. I'm going to go to their Instagram page. I'm going to go to their Facebook page. I'm going to go to their, to, I, I'm not even going to go to the website. A websites, I mean, obviously you got to, you got to have one, but is the website dying? And our apps take our apps and social like take have, have, have we, is this is this really is this web 3.0 right now just social media so I think you have to look at it and step back for a second so people listening you understand that um, the social networks are third party platforms right so anything you put on there is you, you don't really own your data right right the um, the platform owns the data well your website is your owned owned property Right, it's your home base. Right. So, you know, as much as people say, is it going to go away? I mean, if I'm an e-commerce retailer or I'm a startup, and I'm, you know, making, I don't know, you know, look at a company like Stance, and I know people listening probably know who they are. They make those really cool socks, and you know, I don't need to even have a storefront anymore. I can just pop a storefront up in my, you know, on a dot com. I can go to social media and, and do direct marketing. And for folks who don't know what that means, DR is, you know, putting out advertisements um, to direct people to buy, essentially. Um, but there's a lot of different components to that in terms of how they understand the, the customer journey. And I don't need to have a, a brick and mortar. I don't need to open up a store on, you know, Mamaronic Avenue or for people globally on Fifth Avenue in New York. I can do it all digitally. So I think that it still has relevance because ultimately you need to fulfill orders for people who are selling, um, but other aspects, who, who knows what's next. Now, the biggest thing I have stumbled across is, you know, th the thing we got to look at, right, is government hasn't stepped in and, into the World Wide Web. And what I mean by that is it's still the wild, wild west. You know, me and you, Rob, after this conversation, could go and start a blog or take this podcast, get millions of dollars and go out and, and advertise it to the world and get, you know, 30, 40 million people to look at it monthly and sell millions of dollars of advertising and we become millionaires. Now, when is, uh, when is government potentially going to step in and start governing the use of internet? What I mean by that is, I could see potentially, I don't know, government coming in and saying, okay, well, you know, now we're in control. It's not the Wild West anymore, you know, and if you want access to this kind of bandwidth or this kind of stuff, you have to pay for it and use it as a tax purpose. So to me, that kind of scares me. And that is something that I, I, I don't know if that's the next step, but logically speaking, they've taxed everything else possible we could do. So why wouldn't they step in on the, the one last sort of last of a dying breed, Wild Wild West, which is, you know, the internet? Crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Transcending Sports. I'm your host, Rob Cruz. Our guest is Brett Hoffman of Sprinkler. And we're talking social media, marketing, sports. Um, and I know, I know you don't have much time, and I'm, I'm going to let you go. I got one more question. Um, we talked about some of the brands that you – that you're representing with Sprinkler that, or that Sprinkler represents as a company as an, as an athlete, some of these professional athletes are brands themselves. They're actually corporations as, as a person. Um, when we're talking about a high school athlete, a collegiate athlete who is, 
bound for professional stardom. What are some of the things that they need to be doing on a personal branding from from a personal branding standpoint that prepares them for that next level? And what are some of the things that you would advise some of the student athletes when they when they when they're branding themselves through, across all social platforms? Um, some 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 tips with has with whether it's hashtags or or whatever photos, pictures, videos. Quality, consistency, frequency of con- frequency of of uh, publishing content. Like, what are some of your thoughts? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think the technology part is always a challenge. I mean, what deems something to go viral? You know, you can't calculate that. That's that's still a variable that it's not being able to figure out yet. Um, obviously, hashtags are the ability to connect you know, pieces of content, other pieces of content. But I think overall, you know, if you look at um, about six years ago, I think Gary Vaynerchuk got up on stage and said, um, do you know who the most followed athlete was on Twitter? And at that time was Nick Swisher, who was a New York Yankee. Probably some people listening don't know who Nick Swisher was or is. Uh, I don't believe he plays in the major leagues anymore, but he played in the Yankees, he's a right fielder. He's a really funny guy who drank and uh, played baseball. Um, <laughs> why is that important to your question is you have massive athletes like the Cristiano Ronaldo's LeBron James you know uh, I could keep going on Tom Brady yeah but the, um, but, the, but those guys are elite I'm talking about I'm talking about the regular yeah. a- athlete how many LeBron we're not we're not even going to see another LeBron James in our lifetime yeah. like the the, the mid tier guy the mid-tier guy, the mid-tier female athlete, the male athlete, not not the Tom Brady, the Serena Williams, and the Tiger Woods, and the LeBron James, and the Michael Jordan, the other ones. Like, what are, what do they got to do? Those 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 people already they got it already. What what do, what do, what do what does the average athlete need to do to help solidify their their personal brand to get the most out of their brand that they can get? Maybe they won't be at the status of LeBron or or or, or Tom Brady, but what do they got to do to get the most out of their brand? I believe that there's three things they can go to sleep with tonight, yep. understanding and walking away with is one, content is king. And I'll go into each of these in subtopics. Mm-hmm. Content is king. Unique differentiation is number two. And true engagement is number three. Now, those might sound like buzzwords, whatever that may be. Right. Now, content is king means everything that you do, and they're doing it anyway gain content out of that, right? Not just you training, not just you swinging the bat, not you, you know, they want to see you in the gym. They want to see what you're doing. They want to see what you're interested in. So the more content you have the and, and the more assets you have, the easier is a slice and dice. And, you know, a, an athlete nowadays, you know, and you're trying to get discovered, you're trying to be seen, you're technically a media publication. Because people who follow you are expecting you to come out with at least three pieces of content per day mm-hmm. and, and want to follow you. And that's how the difference between some people who have like, oh, I'm stuck at, you know, a couple thousand or whatever, or, you know, become a viral conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. So the more content you have, the easier it is for people to engage with you and, and the easier it is to, to continue to tell a story. That's great. So that's number, one. number two is unique differentiators. You know, everybody can go on and, and, you know, I see a lot of the kids in high school, my friends are teachers, you know, there's a lot of different 
terminologies change every day and they watch bar stools and all this stuff. And, you know, some things will say ball is king or they'll take the, uh, you know, they'll take the plastic ball and throw it upside down and land it. Like everyone's doing that. Mm-hmm. But unique differentiator is letting people know through your platform, through your tagline and your channels, who you are, right? What you stand for and some things that are unique about you, right? Look at, I hate to say he's not an athlete, but kind of did some strange things is DJ Khaled and became viral on social media. Yes, he is a celebrity. I get that. Mm -hmm. I'm not arguing that, Rob. But he started coming out with consistent content that was unique and different, and people loved it. And it became viral, and that was his story. He wasn't trying to be anybody else. He was just being him. Mm -hmm. And now he gets multi-millions of dollars and monetizes his brand on social media. So that's number two. And the last one I think is the most important is the most important is once you've, you know, whether you have 500 followers, 200 or 500,000 or 5 million, you know, the thing that people don't get is that they think social media is a microphone that they pick up just like brands do is they speak and they say something to the customer or they say something to their fans, their friends or, or coaches looking at them and they don't have it a two way street conversation. Right. And that's, I think is the biggest issue. Don't make it just a one-way conversation said here at, you know, athletic movement protocol or here at complete game doing X, Y, and Z. Ask people a question. You'd be amazed at what people come back and, and start talking to you about and, 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 you know, keep it an ongoing communication between you and your fans. That's how you keep it consistent. So, so basically, what, so basically you're saying that social media needs to be social. Summing <laughs> <laughs> so up in one word, that is correct. <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> That sometimes we forget that. I, I, I'm guilty. I'll, I'll admit I'm guilty of that too. <laughs> you got to listen to them too and understand what they want, and then you know make that engagement social, just like you said. Right. And you know, I, I hope that those little pieces and recommendations, you know, even for the athletes, is is useful. Brett, this was freaking awesome. <laughs> I gotta have you back. Obviously, there's so much more we can we can do. We can delve into. Um, where can everybody find you on social media, on Twitter, social, uh, LinkedIn, if you, if they want to get in touch with you and, and connect with you directly. Yeah, man. So like I said, my athletic days, even though I still train and, and we didn't even go into the topic of, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and MMA and stuff like that. My athletic days are officially over. So, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. My first name is Brett, B-R-E-T-T. Last name is Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N. You know, I promise to, uh. Uh, give you some insightful uh, content, hopefully. And on Instagram, you can just find me at um, uh, brett.hoffman1587. Uh, and that's where you can find me. It used to be Coach B. Hoffman, but now I've kind of retired that and I've faced the facts that I work in the tech world and will be transcending, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> into the sports so, world. Also, for those out there and, and- in, uh, in the podcast world I'm going to also have it in show notes on my website which is at complete.game where you can find it under show notes and you will be able to find all of Brett's information how to get in contact with him how to give him a little follow on some of the other social media channels and I want to thank you for listening this is Transcending Sports I'm your host Rob Cruz